Hey everybody, James Shepard here with a special message from the Merchant Sales Podcast. I hope that you and your family had a fantastic holiday season and we've got a special episode for you today. I have been recording for the last few months some Zoom sessions with, of course, the permission of the attendees who had uh, questions for me. And so it was kind of a live Q&A session. And I have kind of taken out and edited three unique conversations that I really think encapsulate some of the challenges that our audience is facing as we go into 2021. Um, we talked to a green agent, an experienced agent, and an industry executive. And so I'm really excited about these three conversations I'm going to bring to you today. Um, and so we're going to dive into those in just a minute. Before we do, two things I want to bring up to you real quickly uh, that I would really appreciate you considering as you're planning for 2021. It really means a lot to me personally if you take an interest in these two things. Um, number one is our sponsor, Valor Paytech. People ask me all the time, James, what is this Valor thing? I keep hearing you talk about it, cash discounting, technology, all this. You know, it's really simple. If you're selling standalone terminals, if you're selling Verifone or Pax or Ingenico, and you're selling these standalone terminals out there in the marketplace, you need to take a look at Valor, okay? It's gonna be more cost effective in most cases, and it fully integrates with their own gateway, e-invoicing, even text marketing, all of these different things. I won't get into it. There's just dozens and dozens of features, but they've really taken this you know, idea of the merchant that needs that standalone terminal, and they've created an amazing technology suite. And yes, they have fully integrated cash discounting and surcharging, but of course, whether you sell that or not, even a standalone, you know, traditional interchange plus price merchant, doesn't matter. Merchants, these smaller merchants, they want technology. They want to be able to have omni-channel. They want to be able to accept payments when they go to a trade show or when they're sitting on their couch and somebody calls them for a big order. And so, you know, Valor Paytech has really done everything necessary to create that omni-channel solution. And I would highly encourage you, if you sell standalone terminals, head over to ccsalespro.com slash Valor, V-A-L-O-R ccsalespro.com slash Valor, V-A-L-O-R. Schedule a free demo and check it out. I think you're going to love it. Secondly, number two, I usually make predictions going into the new year. This year, I decided to make only one prediction because it's one that I can control and one that I can make it come true. <laughs> so it's always great when you can control your own predictions, right? So my only prediction really in 2021 is that 2021 is finally going to be the year that merchant sales agents and executives and companies and ISOs that they all outsource statement analysis. Now, of course, at the end of this year, there's still gonna be a few people doing statement analysis and wasting their time on that, but the bottom line is, look, technology has gotten to a point where there's just no reason anymore for you to do statement analysis. It's just, there's no reason. You can upload the statement, drag and drop it into a technology solution and have it done for you at a fraction of the cost and time. And not only that, but it's actually done better because technology is able to identify things like interchange padding and junk fees and interchange optimization opportunities and you know all of the variables that come into it now uh, you know that's able to be identified so if you are currently analyzing statements or if someone on your team is analyzing statements or if you're an agent and your iso is analyzing your statements reach out to them get people over to getisoamp.com g e t i s o a m p.com G-E-T-I-S-O-A-M-P.com, getisoamp.com, and schedule a free demo, and we will show you how we can handle any statement from any platform. We don't charge you extra for complicated statements or bad scans or anything like that. You can outsource statement analysis. Like, it's done. The problem has been solved. You just upload a statement. 
it's done a few hours later you got your statement analysis back sometimes even faster than that if you give us a good scan so um you know head over to getisoamp.com and schedule a free demo check it out so with all that being said let's dive into our first conversation where i'm talking to a green agent about merchant cash advance and merchant services and which of these two is the right opportunity for an agent to dive into when he's first getting started so my, so I'm actually very new to the business. Um, I'm just getting started. I didn't do anything yet. Okay. And I've been watching a lot of your videos and, you know, very informative. Thanks. Um, great stuff. Um, so then I came across one of your MCA loan business uh-huh. and, you know, and the credit card business, I'm going back and forth. I mean, so my, my question is, is do I sell the credit card business first? Uh-huh. And then once they're aboard, then I offer my other services as far as getting short-term funding or do I go in for the kill and go for the loan business and then grab the credit card. Sure. And so for those of my audience that maybe aren't quite as familiar with the other side, the merchant cash advance stuff, um, you know, that's an area where the commission on those is going to be significantly higher up front. Obviously, it's not this long term recurring. Uh, people will often renew and, and they'll, they'll get, you know, they'll pay off 80% of their merchant cash advance and then they'll get another one and then you get a new commission check. But there is a lot of money to be made there. And so the question is, do we just go ahead and pitch that right off the bat? Maybe make a big, you know, $2,000 commission check or do we go with the, the merchant services? So here's the issue with that. There's two things. There's two reasons why I'm going to answer this way. My answer is I would definitely go for the credit card processing first and then the MCA. There's two reasons for that. So one of them is in general, selling business financing is very different because it's a lot harder to prospect for that business. Either a business needs money or they don't. If they do, they're probably going to be really happy that you offer financing, right? So they're going to jump on that. The problem is only about one in 70 or 80 businesses that you would walk into or that you would call would actually need money right now. Um, Well, in general, would need money. Right now is a different story, which we'll get to. So the problem is if you're saying, I'm going to go prospecting, I'm going to take action to go try to sell people. What should I sell, MCA or, or merchant services? Merchant services is something that you can actually sell. Whereas MCA is much more of a brutal numbers game where you're just trying to find somebody that needs money. So MCA works a lot better when you have a good strategy of lead generation. So whether it's like you're paying, you know, this is where you want to pay four bucks an hour for a call center in another country, you know, to call every business and right. Or where you want to do Facebook ads or you want to do um, pay-per-click ads where people are searching for, I need money for my business, you know, that kind of thing. So, but the difference is what's nice about it is, you definitely want to mention the MCA because <clears throat> I had an example myself where um, I had a large uh, business, like a three location, not, not large, but a three location pizza shop. Each location was doing maybe 30, 40,000 a month. And um, they canceled on me, the credit card processing. And I was making like 200 bucks a month, 300 bucks a month on this deal. And it was funny because when I went back, the guy's name is Larry. When I went back to talk to him and I'm like, hey, I saw you stop processing. What's going on? He's like, yeah, I'm sorry, man. We needed to get a, a cash advance to start our next uh, location. So he said, we borrowed $200,000 from a cash advance company and they required that we switch processors. All right. And I was like, Larry, I do work do. cash advances. And he's <laughs> yeah, like, you should have told me that. So not only by me not telling him that I offered that, like not only did I lose the, the 250 a month or whatever I was making a residual, I also lost a $5,000, $8,000 commission check because he would have done the merchant cash finance to me. So all I have to say, you definitely want to let them know, you know, that you offer it. 
Um, but I, I like the, the merchant services first. One other thing I'll bring up though, don't forget to the other reason that I've given that answer is right now, because of the payroll protection program, most of these businesses, it, it, everybody's like businesses are really struggling right now, which is true, but they're struggling to get revenue, not really get capital. The problem is that right now, any business out there, they just got a big payroll protection program amount, you know, grant really. Then they can also, most businesses out there can get easily 100,000, 150, even 200,000 from the Small Business Administration at like 2% interest wow. for 30 years. Because right now in the, during the COVID pandemic and everything, the, they have opened up this huge uh, slush fund of billions and billions of dollars that businesses can gain access to. So right now, that's why the merchant cash advance industry right at this point is not at its highest point at all. It's actually, they're, they're really struggling right now. So I would say even, even without that, as a general rule, I like merchant services because you can lead in with it, but even more so right now because businesses have ready access to capital if they really want it. All right, gotcha. So yeah, there you go. So what are the questions you got for me? Anything else? Uh, you know, I have a lot of buddies that, uh, that are in the... Uh, the MCA loan business and they did they're killing it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So the, the, the variable to success in that industry is a hundred percent where you're getting your leads from. Yeah. So That's you what have, I heard. Yeah. If you, you, you got to pay like $5 a name. Right. If you, have a, if you have a good lead source, you're golden. And, and I will say it's funny, actually, you know, the MCA world, you know, it, it is actually one of these businesses where there are a lot of opportunities if you if you go after them. Like in the credit card processing space, when somebody sends you a LinkedIn message and says, um, I can get you leads, I'm from Pakistan, you know, generally speaking, that's not a very good idea. You know what I mean? It just doesn't ever work out very well, right? right? Um, ironically, in the merchant cash advance, it sometimes really does. There actually are companies out there that will do live transfer because the difference is, again, you have to understand like the mindset of the merchant. You know, there is no merchant out there. Well, there's a few, but not very many merchants out there that you're going to run into. They're like, oh, I was hoping somebody would call me about my credit card processing needs. Can you please transfer me to someone that can help? <laughs> that doesn't happen, right? Like live transfer is like non-existent in merchant services because you can try to sell everybody, but nobody's like super excited about it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Whereas with Merchant Cash Advance, it's the opposite, you know? You can't sell everybody. There's most people you actually can't sell if you're like, I'm trying to sell them on borrowing money. Well, if they've got $100,000 in the bank, there is nothing you're going to do to convince them to borrow $30,000 at a 1.3 factor rate. You're yeah. not going to do it. There's no way. But when you do actually find that one business that just found a, a, a way that they could buy uh, an order in bulk and save 40%, you know, or they are struggling right now and they need to meet payroll next week, they are highly motivated to get that money. And they will actually talk to somebody from a foreign country and get transferred to you <laughs> because yeah. that's how bad they need the money. So yeah. it's just a totally different thing. And so, yeah, if you get a good lead source, um, Merchant Cash Advance is an amazing business. But again, I think if you're going to go prospecting, you know, not so much. In this next conversation, we're going to be talking with an executive, an ISO owner who already has an existing sales team that's salary paid W-2, but he's looking to scale beyond what he has. So he's considering, should I start a 1099 team and pay him straight commission? Should I hire more W-2 people? So I talk about some of the models I've seen in the marketplace over the last year that have been really effective. So I'm looking forward to this one. Let's dive into this conversation. 
Okay, so basically what I'm doing is I'm looking to hire 1099 sales reps. Currently, uh, the way my business model works is that I have salaried salespeople uh, that then also have commission on top of their uh, sure. salary based on the number of deals that are actually boarded okay. uh, each month. Okay. which then obviously goes into a bonus, you know, on their next paycheck, you know, on the following month. Sure. Um, and so everything is, that, is in-house. Is, is that, is that structured as an actual salary or is it some kind of a draw? Cause I mean, they're 1099. So it's not like W2. No, it's, it's all, it's all staff. They are, you know, W2 uh, sales employees. Oh, I see. Okay. So we have W2 sales employees. You're paying them a salary plus commission. Plus commission. Got it. Okay. All right. But they so, don't qualify for their salary unless they have a certain number of sales. No, they still get their salary. Okay. Okay. Got it. Um, because not only obviously are they, you know, calling and answering uh, new business, uh, but they're also upselling, uh, you know, existing sure. uh, clientele what, you know, as okay. well. Okay. Uh, you know, either trying to uh, update their term, you know, existing terminals that, you know, such as the VX520, which is right. obviously on its end of life. So trying to get those people upgraded. Okay. You know, to something else. So they work on those calls. So therefore, you know, having its salary plus the same, the main philosophy for me is that having a salaried employee, everybody concentrates on being extremely honest with our pricing. Oh, sure. you know, I know exactly what they're promising. Yes. I don't have somebody that's out in the field that's going to promise something that I can't deliver. Yeah. Um, sure. And that is something that I hate because Honestly, that's how I get a lot of my business is because what happens is there's people that are out there, they're over-promising, can't right. deliver it. Right. Somebody's mad and they start looking around and lo and behold, there I am. Yep. Yeah. Well, and ultimately you're protecting your own brand, right? It's, it's kind of your, you know, when you look, bring your salespeople in, you can either look at them as they're establishing their own brand and we're like the service provider for them. Or in your case, it's like they're an extension of your brand. So everything that exactly. you do is going to reflect on you and going to have an impact on your business. So it's always good to control, uh, have control over the people that are determining how merchants think about you. Right, exactly. Yeah. Now, the thing that I am finding because of the way the business climate is right now, mm -hmm. uh, I'm seriously thinking to be able to get more people. I am going to have to have people out in the field Yeah, a little bit more. Sure. Um, I mean... Being able to call in, you know, having people call into us off of our website, et cetera, you know, that's great. Uh, but the business model is slightly changing a little bit. Yeah, sure. Uh, so I feel like, you know, to be able to stay competitive, I do have to have people out in the field. Now that said, because I have never done that, yeah, I don't know really what the compensation packages are. Right. So I want to be able to attract the right talent. Sure. And pay them correctly. Right. And at the same time, know that I'm paying them correctly so that they're not going to try to overpromise something that, again, you know, my company can't deliver. Right. Um, so, you know, and again, that's always in the back of my head. Yeah, oh, I'm sure I understand. Um, yeah. So a couple of things I would say, um, I think there's two different models that you'd have to decide between before you could get your compensation, you know, figured out. Right. Uh, the first model would be like a two tier approach. Okay. So you could do something to where you would say, I'm going to hire people to go out and get us more leads mm -hmm. for the people we already have that are closing, and they're just going to close a lot more deals, right? right? So with that model, the training becomes significantly less important because these people are not promising anything other than someone's going to follow up with you. 
So now okay. your model with them is you're really paying them more for activity than you are results in a way. Um, okay. So it's a basically a pay for lead approach. Um, I would even go so far as to say it's a pay for prospecting approach. So the idea would be, hey, I'm going to give you, you know, 40 businesses a day on a list or in a CRM mm -hmm. or something. As long as you go out and go to all 40, put notes in there, we're going to, we're going to spot check, you know, but if you're doing the work and at the end of the week, you did your 200, then you're going to get your $450 or your $500 or whatever. And then we're also going to give you two bucks or something, you know, a dollar or two, every time you give us a lead that we're able to get in contact with. So some, something along those lines. So what I find is when you're trying to scale up something like what you have, the big advantage you have over your competitors is you already have a salary paid group of people that know how to close deals, right. and understand the business, understand your business, understand your pricing, your brand. So it's a lot easier to just train somebody to kind of do a quick opening pitch, um, you know, whatever your, your hot button topics are for what you're presenting mm -hmm. and just get them to get people interested to have a conversation. So okay. you could do that. I think that is dramatically easier than, than the next model. Um, but if you do that one, again, the way I would look at it is um, pay for prospecting. So you want to, in my, in my experience, trying to do the pay for leads, um, you know, you end up getting garbage leads because right. they're motivated to just get people to say yes to something. It's like, no, 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 no. You're, you're mainly compensated just to do the work, go out there and do it correctly, you know, follow the pitch, et cetera. And then, yeah, we're going to give you a little spiff. We're going to give you a dollar or two once we get in contact with a legitimate lead. So that way you maintain that high level of quality. So you're not wasting the time of your existing, you know, closers. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that's model number one. Model number two is, you know, you just want to start an outside sales team. So mm -hmm. to do the outside sales team model. If you want to do that, you're actually going to want to start the same as what I just said. So okay. either way, you're going to start out that way. The question is, are you trying to train these new outside people to be able to become closers on their own or not? Right. If, if, you know, maybe the path that, cause everybody wants a career path. So maybe right. the career path is you could become an inside closer and get to that level two. Or the other opportunity is to say the career path is you can just close your own deals and, you know, just like these other people. And so all of your people are kind of doing their own, you know, they have their own book of business. They're building their own prospecting but you have some like coaches. So some of the people that are really good, you're like, hey, look, you're gonna keep making sales, but I'm also gonna have you work with these new people and help them get their first four or five deals. Mm -hmm. So the way I usually structure that, it's usually a three to four week um, process. Right. So week one is training. Um, week two is prospecting. And so it's like, I don't care at all about your results. I don't care if everybody <laughs> curses you out and kicks you out, it doesn't matter at all. All I want you to do is I want you to go walk into X number of businesses a day. That's it. I don't want you to, I don't care about anything else. Just if you do right. that, we're going to celebrate at the end of the week because you did a great job. Week number three, now you're getting into where they're supposed to do something. So get a statement, get a lead for somebody else, some kind of positive momentum from their activity that you're seeing. And this is when that coach is really going to step in and like help them hopefully close their first deal or two, get, you know, something under their belt. And then we go into that final week four, where now their job is, okay, you're getting your leads. Now you're going to close your own business, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and so depending on the quality of person you're hiring, how much you're paying, sometimes you got to stretch those phases out. I don't normally have it like really, really regimented. It's more of like when this person is ready to go to the next stage, they go to the next stage. Sometimes you get somebody who's just amazing at getting you really good leads. And right. then, you know, you try to move them forward and they just can't do it. And you're like, yeah. 
well, okay, that's fine. We're getting a lot of leads. Great. You know, so I think maybe putting those ideas together, maybe you could put something in place that would work for you. In this final conversation, I'm talking to an experienced agent actually in the UK, and he's been getting a lot of people interested, but having a hard time getting them to sign the paperwork, really getting them to commit. One of the most common challenges faced by experienced reps are looking to take their numbers from five, six, seven a month up to 10, 15, 20 a month. So let's dive into that conversation and talk about how you can get more merchants to actually sign the paperwork and get started. James, thank you very much for speaking to me. I've uh, just very quickly, you've helped me out in this tricky year. Thank you for all that, the support that you Pleasure. post on LinkedIn and everything. It's, I started my business the day we locked down. So your support oh, and help wow. perhaps put me in a good shape for next year, sure. but we'll go okay. through. Good. But even this year, I, I did have a question for you. I hope you can help me with. I um, I sense that I'm I'm communicating pretty well and I'm getting people to say, okay, yes, I want to go ahead. I want to go ahead to the terminal. I want to go over the virtual terminal, the e-com gateway, whatever it may be. But there seems to be then, um, I think apathy would probably be the right word to get people to actually gather themselves again and go, right, okay, I need to get this, this, and it's all got to be spot on, as you well know, and as I'm learning in the industry myself. Sure. So I'm trying, I feel like I'm uh, laying out a checklist required for a merchant application quite nicely, right. but there's still most definitely some apathy. Yeah, sure. Uh, sure. And I'm open to what you think and how sure. you think there might be a way around it. Yeah, good. So a couple of things I would say, um, the first thing and the probably the most important thing is make sure that when you do get that initial um, interest or agreement, right, when they say like, yeah, you know, that all sounds good. Maybe we'll give that a shot, right? You've got to take a moment there to pause and take a step back because oftentimes I see salespeople go right into paperwork, merchant agreement, you know, like, okay, great. Well, let me get some paperwork started here. And it's like, you got to hold on for a second there. First, you got to take a step back and you have to genuinely thank them. Um, I know this sounds kind of corny, but what you'll find is people have a really hard time, you know, backing out of something once they've been thanked for it. So I'll give you an example. Let's say I'm talking to somebody and I've been, you know, I'm pitching them, I'm overcoming objections. And they finally say, you know, James, I, I think maybe we will give that gateway a, a try. That, that, sounds, that sounds interesting, you know? Um, and I'd say, well, let me just stop right here and say, first of all, Thank you so much, you know, not only for taking the time to speak with me, I know you're busy and have a lot of things going on, but I want you to understand that, you know, I want your business and I'm so excited that you've agreed to move forward with me. And, and I always promise my clients a few things. First of all, I'm going to be reachable. I'm going to be available to you to make sure we get through this process. I'm going to do every tiny bit of work I can possibly do for you. There is, if there's anything I can do that you don't have to do, I'm going to do it. Hey, I'm going to be your best employee for the next two weeks. Like you're going to love me. Um, and then lastly, I just want to say, I can tell just from talking to you that you're a person of integrity. When you say you're going to do something, you're going to do it. And I really appreciate that spirit. I'm the same way. Um, and so I know you've made a commitment to move forward with me. And I want you to know I'm making a commitment to make this a smooth process. Now, before we dive into the next steps here and get the details done, are there any other questions you have for me? Okay. So taking a few minutes, you know, what was that? Like, I don't know, maybe that was a minute, right? When you, when you do that, something triggers in their mind, right? And like, first of all, they're like, well, I just made a buying decision. <laughs> you know, I'm done. Like this nice guy has thanked me. <laughs> so I guess I did it, right? Like there's no turning back. So that what I do is I call that building a brick wall behind your yes. It's like, you got a yes, build a brick wall behind it. Don't let them back up any, like we got the yes. Let's go forward. Let's not go backwards, right? So once you have that done, now the next step is that you have to get the sense of urgency, okay? And 
the sense of urgency is, is I look at it like two layers or two tactics. So the first thing I want to try is just being assumptive, right? So that's, that's the easiest path. So um, I've, I've made my little spiel and now I say like, Hey, you know what? Um, they say, no, I don't have any other questions. It all sounds good. Great. That's awesome. So I'm going to get some paperwork started here. Now, let me ask you a couple quick questions before I get the paperwork filled out. What is the legal name of the company? And you know, whatever. And I'm just going to start asking them questions and I'm just going to assume, you know, that I can move forward. And if they say, you know what, actually, this is really not a good time. You know, I, I need to get back to my inventory order or whatever then I'm going to be very assumptive again. I'm going to say, no problem at all. You know what? I'm actually going to be in the area all day. Um, if I came back here around, say, 3 or maybe 4.30, like 3 p.m. or 4.30, either one of those, I could slip away for a half hour. Which of those would work better for you? Okay. And I'm just trying to be very, very assumptive about when I'm going to come back. And again, I've already got them in this mindset where they know there's no escape. The, the reason you get it most of the time is, the merchant in their mind, they still think maybe there's a way I could, you know, I haven't really committed. I said, yes, but I didn't sign anything yet. You know? Yeah. So in their mind, it's like, eh, I'll take the day to think about it really, you know? So they've said yes, but they don't really mean it yet. They haven't committed. When you do that whole thank you thing I just did a minute ago, there's no escape. So they're like, now it's something they need to get over with. So it's just a whole different mindset. So I try to be very something. If that doesn't work, then I'm going to make excuses. Okay. So um, excuses, not the kind we would normally think of. I come up with excuses for why there's, there's urgency, right? So I have a lot of different, I have, I have probably 50 of these, you know, but I would do a bunch of different ones. I'll do ones like, um, you know, Hey, you know what? Um, if you could do, you know, maybe they're saying, well, how about next week? And I'd say, Oh, you know what? I would love to do that. I'm actually not even going to be in this area next week. Um, but I am going to be out here on Friday. You know, if it's Thursday, I'm going to be out here tomorrow. Um, what if we did say four o'clock in the afternoon, would that work for you or would 9am work better? So always use that alternate advance. Yes. Or yes. Would this time or this time work better? Um, and I'm using that excuse. I'm not even going to be in the area next week. You know, I wasn't planning to be out here. Uh, I could make an exception if I really need to, but it'd be great. It'd be a big help to me. It'd be a favor if I could get it done tomorrow. Um, or I can go another route. I can do a third party close. I could say something like, um, you know, I might, maybe they, they push me off. And so the next day I reach out to them and I preempt, I do a preemptive strike. I don't reach out and say, Hey, would I be able to come by today and get the paperwork done? I don't say that. I say, Hey, Susan, great to talk with you. I am so, you know, I was just telling my, I just saw that. I was just telling my wife about you yesterday and we're just so excited that we're going to be working together and that, you know, you're going to be a new client. I always, do, always, always, always do stuff like that. That is so powerful. Nice. Like, you know, and it's really true. You know, this, this one, this one probably is like maybe like over the line, but I used to tell clients all the time, I would close them and I would say, you know, you know what? I'm so excited to be working with you. And I'll tell you what, you'll probably get a kick out of this. I have my kids trained to where when I walk in the door, one of the first things they do is they say, dad, you have any new customers today? And I am so excited to get home and tell them about your business and the fact that we're going to be working together. <laughs> After you told them that, how could they possibly back yeah. out? Like your kids know that you're going to work with them. So I do that kind of stuff a lot. So when I'm calling them back, I'm like, you know, oh man, you know, I'm so glad to be talking with you again. I just told my wife, Christina, last night about you and um, how I just, I think your business is really fantastic. I'm looking forward to working with you. So I start with that, right? Then I get into my excuse and I say, now the only, you know, we, we're racing the clock just a little bit in one area. And that is yesterday I approved, you know, this discount. And I did, again, I got that approved with my company. I don't want to have to go through a whole rigmarole again. You know, that's going to be good until tomorrow at the end of the day. So I'd love to swing by with today or tomorrow, what would work better for you just so we can kind of get a few things done. I only need about 10 minutes. 
you know? So I'm, I'm creating this, this kind of urgency. So I might make up something like that. So you get the idea, but I'm making excuses for why we need to get this done faster. Yeah. So you're going, what I like is the one you just said, I haven't got any kids, not that I'm aware of anyway, but <laughs> what I really liked about what you just said there is I'm building up my business and I'm taking a lot of pride in being the, the local guy with my local right. brand. So that's a massive part of what I'm doing. So sure. this customer growing business, you know, yes. I'm, I'm quite openly saying to customers, Hey, look, it's so great to have another new, new customer. Right. You're really helping local. And, and, and I can't, you know, I'm, I mean all this stuff. Right. So that's, that that's important. Of, <laughs> you know, that, that one other acquisition to add to my new customers. And I'm right. telling my first few customers that they are new quite proudly. Yeah. Right. So, Right. We're, we're, we're starting something. We're getting the ball rolling. You know, this is exciting. Yeah, totally. And that is, that's really, really useful for face-to-face, -face, which I've managed to do a few times this year. Sure. What I've also got is um, we have, I, I also have an option for people to e-sign their application sure. documents. There's a couple of customers I haven't been able to meet because of obvious yep. reasons this sure. year. Sure. So what I'm doing in between those is going, okay, you've said yes. Can I just put with you, say, a document verification meeting in a few yep. days online? It's quite, I just want to make sure we get the paperwork right for your merchant account first time. And I'm doing that kind of virtually. Yeah. So that's been okay. But the key but face to face is perfect. Yeah, the, the key to getting it done virtually is never ever send them the agreement unless you're talking with them, like you're live with them and they've agreed to complete it with you at that time. Okay. Never do that. That's the number one mistake. Salespeople will send an agreement, the person gets it, then they never take the call. And usually it's because they reviewed the agreement, they found something that they didn't like, and they didn't have a chance to have the conversation. So what you do is you say, you know, hey, let's, you know, um, I've got some paperwork to run through with you. I definitely want to be on the phone with you to answer any questions that you have. You know how this paperwork stuff is. I don't want it to take any longer than it needs to. Let's just get through that nice and quick together. Um, how does tomorrow, whatever. And then once you're on the phone with them and you're like, you know, hey, Bill, uh, great to talk with you. So I've got that paperwork ready to send over to you. Did you say you have about 10 or 15 minutes right now and we can go through that together? If he says, no, just send it over. I'll take a look and I'll try to get to it later. Oh, sure. No, no problem at all. I actually don't send it until we have time to go through it together. Cause you know, you're going to have some questions on it. So would it work better at maybe later today around three or would tomorrow at, at you know, 10 AM work better? So never, ever, ever send it unless you're on the phone with them. Then when you send it to them, they click on it. Then you just talk them through it. You know, okay. step step. I made that mistake a couple of times already. <laughs> you're absolutely right. But standing control of that. And I love the let's do this together. It's your, yeah. or especially this is your first merchant account. Right. I, I'm telling you, I can send you instructions all day, but let me work it with you. Right. So well, again, the, the main, that. the main pitch there, right. Is like time saving. That's what I, I say. Like, you know, if I send this paperwork, it's going to take you an hour to get through all this stuff. If I, if I go through it with you, I've been through it a hundred times. You know, I understand it. I can go through and I can answer any questions that you have because this is, it's a, an important thing. I mean, this is the document you're going to, you're going to want to take a look at, you know, um, also make sure you never use the word agreement or, you know, contract. Um, there's things like that. that th those are just words people don't like. Um, it's paperwork, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. See, I've gone for agreement. Which I prefer to contract. I've gone for agreement. But yeah. paperwork's, yeah. paperwork's softer. Paperwork yeah, is just, it's paperwork. We got to get some paperwork done. You know what I mean? Or a document. I have, some, I have a document to send over for your review. You know, that's something people are like, okay, you're going to send me a document. I'm going to send you an agreement. It's like, oh, no. This is something a lawyer made. I don't want to see that, you know?
Well, that's it for this episode of the Merchant Sales Podcast. Again, thank you to our sponsor, Valor Paytech, ccsalespro.com slash V-A-L-O-R. Check out the terminal gateway solution that they have to offer you there. Again, hope you had a great holiday season, a great new year, and I'm looking forward to a lot of exciting episodes coming into 2021.